Welcome to Whiskey with Witcher. I'm Valerie. And I'm Tim. And this is a podcast where we drink whiskey and talk about the Netflix TV series, The Witcher. Spoiler alert. While each episode of our podcast directly correlates with an episode of the show, we will be discussing the series as a whole. And we'll be mentioning things from the games, books, and other pieces of Witcher IP, although we'll do our best not to spoil any major potential plot points. You have been warned. So, Valerie, it's time for the most important question of the podcast. What are we drinking? Tim, this past season, we've gotten to try a lot of interesting whiskeys. We've had young startup whiskeys and whiskeys that have been around for over a century. We've tried bourbons and rye. We've had local American whiskeys and whiskeys from around the world. And we've even mixed things up with a few flavored whiskeys. Well, it's now the final episode of season one, and I have to say, my pick is going to be a controversial choice. But in honor of our girl Yennefer channeling forbidden fire magic and barbecuing the fuck out of the Nilfgaardian army, we will be toasting... With Fireball. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Sean looks thrilled, you guys. We're Sean looks thrilled. <laughs> yeah, now look, I know Fireball isn't to everyone's taste, so we're going to do something a little different this time, and I'll explain that in a minute. But first, a bit about the brand. Fireball was originally made in Canada by Seagram's as part of a line of flavored schnapps in the 1980s. It was originally called Dr. McGillicuddy's Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, and that's whiskey without an E. But as the schnapps fad started to fade, Seagram sold off the entire McGillicuddy portfolio, which included a bunch of different alcohols, to the Sazerac Company. Now, side note, Sazerac owns Buffalo Trace, which produces the white whale of whiskeys, Pappy Van Winkle. The new company decided to rebrand the whiskey as Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey in 2007, dropping the Dr. McGillicuddy from the name, and hired a brand rep who pushed Fireball in hot markets like cities and college towns where it took off like, if you'll pardon the pun, wildfire. Now, normally on the podcast, we drink the whiskey neat, and that's still going to be an option. We're still going to have glasses of straight whiskey in front of us. But for our final episode, I've also prepared another choice. Boilermakers! Now, if you don't know what a Boilermaker is, it's traditionally a pint of beer with a shot of whiskey in it. In this instance, we're going to be drinking hard apple cider with a shot of Fireball. I picked Angry Orchard for the cider because it's on the sweeter side, and the sugar of the cider complements the kick of the cinnamon nicely. I don't think this would work as well with a dry cider. Of course, if you guys are up to it, you're also welcome to imbibe Fireball in the traditional way of every college dive bar and just shoot it. That is an option. Which we're going to do. Are we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got shots in front of us, everybody. we got appropriate shot glasses Oh, in yes. Front of Tim us. has some Witcher shot glasses. Yeah. So on brand. Okay. Cheers, guys. It's time to drink and discuss the final episode of season one. Much more. Oh, fireball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <coughs> okay. It's time for our first segment, Summary on the Spot, where we basically just very quickly give you the the bullet points the cliff notes version of what happened in this episode and it's tim's turn can i say i do not want to do the summary on the spot this time can we have sean do it producer sean <laughs> sean have you even seen the episode do you even know what show we're talking about <laughs> oh witches of eastwick something yeah. like that no. uh, um, i all right i have not prepared i never prepare but this is particularly a tricky one to have not prepared because a lot happens in this episode um Let's see. Okay, we'll start with Siri. Siri is taken in by a nice 
um, woman, a genuinely nice woman. Like an aggressively nice woman. Yeah, yeah, which I think you got to be aggressively nice in a world like The Witchers because no one else is. So she's taken in and um, and basically is brought into this household and um, considers, I guess, maybe staying there. And um, that's largely her story until the very end. Meanwhile, Geralt is at Sintra and believes that Ciri is dead. And so he's leaving all distraught, gets attacked by a bunch of ghouls um, and rescued by this guy named Yurga, who takes him home and nurses his wound. And meanwhile, Geralt has all these sort of trippy dreams and we get to meet his mother and all this sort of crazy stuff there. But the big story in this episode has to do with Yennefer and the mages and the Battle of Sodden as they stand to defend the continent against the attack from Nilfgaard. And there's a lot of like magic and fireballs and crazy death wizards and all sorts of stuff. And ultimately the forces of Nilfgaard are defeated by Yennefer's giant fireball fire magic and she torches them all. Um, but then everyone thinks maybe she's dead. And at the very end of this episode, Geralt who's being taken home by this guy, Yurga gets to the house and surprise it's, the house that Ciri's at, and they are finally united, Geralt and Ciri together. They end with them running and giving each other a big hug, and Ciri says something like, who's Yennefer? Yay, good job, Tim. I'm so proud of you. That was excellent. Uh, it wasn't, but I appreciate you <laughs> no, it was great. giving me the benefit of the Mwah. doubt. I feel like I've seen it now. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, oh. I'm going to toast you with my faux Boilermaker. Oh, I will have some of that as well. So let's talk about the episode. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot to unpack. And I don't know, I don't know the best way to do it. Usually, like, we talk about one character's story and then another character's story. Um, but some of they kind of, you know, unite a little bit. They here. kind of do and they kind of don't because Yennefer is doing her own thing. Well, where do you want to start? Episode. We'll let you. We'll well, let let's you talk pick. about Yennefer. Okay. Let's talk about Yennefer in this massive epic freaking battle. Yeah. I mean, it really kind of picks up from the end of the previous episode. Yeah. Um, and we know that most of the Brotherhood have decided not to get involved in this conflict with Nilfgaard, but um, a group of of mages do do you have i i wrote down the number so i don't remember the original number the original number was like 60 or something then a bunch got scared and ran away so then it became 22 22 is how much yeah like when you get to the actual battle but yeah you're right um we do start off with 60 of them um go over to sodden and sodden just to describe it's this little i don't it's not even a kingdom it's like a ruin or something like that isn't it yeah there's like a giant cliff uh-huh. and it's this tiny little bridge that they need like this is the area they need to go through the armies in order to cross the continent yeah so they're kind of making this final stand to prevent Nilfgaard from yeah. having access to this this bridge to get across yeah so it's, it's a place where they can kind of concentrate their attack and um and so you have these these mages and what's like really kind of cool is um you get you get a little bit of like a reunion. Basically you get all the mages that you've been introduced to. It's like kind of, um, you know, the who's who of mages in the show. Yeah. And we get to see like Yennefer and Triss interact, which yeah. you don't really get beforehand. Well, so. you, get, you get Yennefer, you get Triss, you get obviously Tissaia, you get, you get Vilgefortz, you get Sabrina, um, you know, and you even get um, a mage named Coral. Yeah. Who Coral. is not a big, character in this episode you know most people who um don't read the books will probably hardly even notice her in the episode but she actually is a 
significant character in the books or in one book in particular. And it's, it's the one you, it's, well, you haven't read several of them, but it's the one you skipped. Um, the, <laughs> the, one, last one the last that, yeah. one that he wrote. Yeah. Which is set before um, the saga. And the reason I skipped it is because I'm told that the end talks about the end of the series. Yeah, so I wanted to yeah. finish the series before I went back and did that book. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Season of Storms is that book's name. Um, Coral is a huge character in it. So when you get to that book, um, you'll learn a lot about Coral. But um, but in this episode, yeah. So, you know, for fans who are familiar with the, this world or are familiar with these books, um, seeing Coral is at least a little sort of nod like, oh, hey, yeah, there she is. Yeah, um, and she's a badass. They're all badasses. And I love just seeing how, yeah, I'm jumping ahead a little bit as we do, yeah. but just the different ways that they fight and the different ways that they're able to adapt their magic and their specialties of magic to battle. Like Triss has these poison mushrooms and Sabrina is like shooting potions in the air. And yeah. Coral's doing like a Darth Vader move, which is pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, they all have their their sort of styles. Um, and, um, you know, and they're all, I guess they're under the command of Tessaia and Vilgefortz. Yeah. I think they're the ones who are, are kind of leading. Um, but, you know, you also get to see Yennefer really sort of step up as well. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk a bit more about that when we get to the end of the story. But, um, but you know, it, it, this episode really serves as sort of an opportunity for her to become more of the sort of sorceress that that to say has always thought she could become. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's been very sort of selfish and self-absorbed and just kind of wanting her own um, what she wants prior to this. And this is, I guess, an episode for her to really step up and become something bigger than just herself and she and to say i have a conversation about like legacy mm -hmm. and leaving a legacy and how yennefer feels like she hasn't really done that and i think this is an opportunity for her like you said to step up and maybe do that a little bit yeah you know she um she basically says i think correct me if i'm wrong i might be misremembering but it's in a conversation i remember the scene um it's it's night um, before the the big attack mm -hmm. and so it's all the 60 mages are are there at this point as well as i think a bunch of people i think i, I just took them as like villagers people from yeah they the, were like people that got displaced by the war yeah kind of making a last stand yeah yeah but they're, they're there to help and so this is the night before the attacks coming so people are kind of relaxing there's a little bit of preparation but they're also drinking and just kind of I guess, enjoying this moment before, you know, they realize that some of these people are not going to survive. And yeah, there to say has a very frank um, conversation with Yennefer. And I think Yennefer says something like she's, she's ready to die. Yeah, or, She's lived multiple lifetimes and doesn't seem like she's done much with any of them. And yeah. And, um, and so she's okay with, with dying. Um, and, and basically, yeah, that she has, because she can't have kids, she has no legacy. She's given all that she can or something like, I don't remember the exact line, but I do remember to say, uh, looks at her and says, you have, I wrote it down. You still have so much more to give. Yeah. Um, so to say, believes in her to say, to believes that Yennefer hasn't even started, um, on the path that ultimately she's going to be on. Um, but at this point, Yennefer, isn't really seeing it in herself. There's so many good lines in this whole mage section. Like to say, I has another one that I really like that says there's nothing like a higher purpose to permit men to do the unspeakable, which I thought was pretty nice. <laughs> uh, and then I had, there's one with Yennefer where she's talking to Vilgefortz and she says, first he speaks to her as if she's not there. And then he loses a limb. Which I was also a fan of. And then yeah. Tris to Yennefer about Vilgefortz and to say is like, is Vilgefortz to be our new daddy? Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is let's hilarious. Talk, let's yeah. talk about that a minute. Um, you know, 
Tissaia and and Vilgeforts, you know? Yeah. There's definitely definitely I mean, little, like get it to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely a little something happening there. I mean, get it both of them. They're yeah, both ridiculous. Very good attractive looking. people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I approve of this pairing. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good time. Speaking of very attractive people, though, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about something I find really interesting with the mages. So uh-huh. we know that the mages, they're all kind of enhanced in some way, depending on, you know, the women more so than the men, but they're all like magically beautiful, you know, magically beautified. Mm -hmm. And I find that very interesting because um, like beauty standards change, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're a mage from a hundred years ago and you're like prime, the prime example of beauty from a hundred years ago, you're going to look different than a mage from like present day. Uh I don't know. It's just something I think about. I think it's really interesting how you're like kind of frozen. I mean, I'm sure you can use magic to like change up your look somewhat, but they're kind of frozen in time as this archaic beauty standard of whenever you, know, you first descended it's the equivalent of having that embarrassing tattoo from yeah. when you were in college you know <laughs> the I think, tribal tattoo yeah, yeah 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 i think that's basically you know the sorcerer equivalent of that but do you think all right since we're talking about it we don't know if male sorcerers they get, say yennefer has a line to istrid where she says that they don't ban art boys don't have to like change a hair on their head or whatever but, but, but I, I would still think do. if you have access to magic yeah. like wouldn't you do like, stuff do you think, like i would totally do, do you think vilgefort's like looked like originally like this balding sort of you know pudgy <laughs> little guy hot, yeah <laughs> you know a little bit of uh you know a little bit of a dad bod you know man boobs all that <laughs> stuff and then you know yeah because like I'm, that's he's he's kind of stupidly good looking oh my god he's <laughs> stupidly good looking everybody's stupidly good looking it's yeah, ridiculous yeah yeah um no he's very cute i'm like go to say a go you go girl <laughs> i mean it's funny because it's like you um you definitely see things in certain characters that i don't like i've never found istrid all that yeah uh, all that attractive but um but you know, I can see it in Vilgefortz. He yeah. has that charisma. Vilgefortz, yeah, he's like, and he's got the the sword skills. You know, yeah, he's, yeah. Like his well, fight's pretty cool too, with the the sword that keeps like coming back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're skipping around, but I got to ask you about that that sword fight. So, Vilgefortz strikes me as a sort of mage who, like, he just is. Like he's the sort of person, he's all aggression. He's all just like, go, go, go. Doesn't think of like strategically no, agree, or the yeah. long game at all. It's just like, you know, everything all at once. You know, he's like, he, you know, hits the, hits the gas, you know, like gets the engine up in the red and doesn't care if he's going to blow it out. Yeah. He also strikes me as someone who's like, Hey, look how cool magic is. I'm going to magic everything. I'm just going <laughs> to teleport things. I don't need to teleport because yeah. magic. Well, I'm, I'm a little confused as to what, like that scene with him in the sword fight is totally badass. Yeah. Like it's awesome. He's awesome. You know, but what is the, what is his goal there? Yeah. It's just that <laughs> the sword it, comes plan? back, I was, guess. Well, it's like a boomerang. Well, was his plan to, um, take out Kahir or Kahir? I don't know. Like Cause it? here's the thing at the, again, jumping all over the map guys. Well, we're going but, to do uh, that. We're going to do that. At the episode. end, he like does a thing that makes you go, Oh yeah. Perhaps he is not on the up and up. Cause he like kills one of his fellow mages. And you're yeah. like, what was that about well, Vilgefortz? Well, here's the thing. All of us who've read the books and even yeah. now this includes you at this point, no kind of um, what's what happens with we don't want to be too forms. yeah people haven't read them so we, oh. we try not to spoil like things that haven't happened in the show well, yet, we're not gonna so. spoil, we're not gonna say what happened but we know but more we, about him we yes. know more Tim about and I him. have a little more knowledge um, 
And, you know, and then the other thing I think I, I, we were talking about this, and I think it's fair to mention we are recording. This is the first episode we are recording since season two has dropped. Yes. Tim so and I have seen season. We yeah, meant to not, record it earlier, but, you know, COVID. Yeah, yeah. So we're not going to talk about season two yet. We will get to it eventually. But um, but, you know, let's just put it out there. It's out. And um, and Vilgefortz's story is extended a bit. Obviously, he's a big part of season mm-hmm. two. So people who have watched who have binged the whole thing you know, no more than we know at this point in the story at the end of, of season one. I, I almost wonder if they tipped their hand a little bit too soon with a scene because yeah. first of all, I, I wasn't sure who this guy was. That right. He, the first time I watched it, I didn't realize he was a mage even yeah, like yeah. now the second time watching it, like, yeah, there are all these like dead soldiers around him. So but he I don't definitely... remember him. He's not a noteworthy character. No, he's and, like some random dude. Like, yeah. And you're right. He is a mage, but I didn't realize that at first. Like, I, like, I don't know if I realized that until I watched some of the, you know, the behind the scenes supplemental stuff. Like, I thought he was just a soldier, you yeah. know, just some random, you know, now I did think he was on, he clearly knows Vigilforts. I did think he was on um, their side. So Vigilforts takes out this guy who's, you know, supposedly on his side, but, um, and that's, that's weird, but you know, I, it, it was a little confusing and I do wonder if they tipped their hand a little too soon. It just, it's a head scratcher. And then you go, because you do go into season two and he just, he seems just like how he was. Yeah. Prior it's to not this really scene. addressed. Yeah. It's not addressed. And so, you know, I do wonder maybe like, like, like tease a certain amount of stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's part of kind of building him as a character, but I think maybe they went a little too far with him there. Um, his whole scene, like it's, he's badass, but I'm not quite sure what he's doing in this episode. Even the, the losing his swords, dude, <laughs> no other person who fights with swords seems to have that tr- much trouble holding on to their blade. And this guy's going through them like they're, you know, um, like they're Kleenex or something. I don't know. You know, they're, they're, they're left and right. You know, I, I don't know. Wear some gloves. Do something. You got to get a grip on that that sword, Vilgefortz. Yeah, and Yennefer's telling him like, "Reserve your chaos, bro. What are you doing? Yeah. Stop being fancy." Yeah. Like, he's not. He's not listening at all. Um, yeah. I mean, it does show how badass Kair is, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like we've known it, but I mean, I don't know. If we've ever seen him kind of go toe to toe. Um, with like with, a mage like yeah. a doppler well, sort well, of yeah but like with someone who is undeniably good with yeah. a sword like this is the first time we see him go to get go head to head with someone who knows how to fight and and honestly as good as Vilgefortz is Kair kicks his ass so it wouldn't be an episode of whiskey with witcher if i didn't talk about fashion okay uh what do you think of that rope dress that yen's rocking i mean it's a look it's I, a look i can't say it's my favorite of her dresses but at the same time, you know, you can't look too glam on a battlefield like this. A lot of people look really glam on this battlefield. Yeah. Like I was watching some of these sorceresses and their beautiful gowns. And I'm like, I know you're magic users and everything, but really? Yeah. Like, really? That's the look you're going with? Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yen. Boob windows galore. <laughs> I don't know if Yen's dress is practical. You'd be a better judge of that than oh, I Oh, not am. at all. None of these dresses are practical. Okay. But it does look at least a little more rugged, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I think it works. But I, I saw an interview, and unfortunately, I, I not enough of a dedicated podcaster to actually remember the fact. But they said that that there was an interview with the costume designer, and the dress weighs something like twenty pounds. Like it's a oh, heavy geez. dress. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so she's not going to be pulling Vilgefort's moves wearing that dress. No, it's yeah. a very heavy dress. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool though. I mean, I thought it was neat. Well, what are the other? Like, since you brought up fashion, what are the other? costumes in the um 
this part of the story that stood out well, to you? Well, Tissaia always looks yeah. immaculate. She's got those awesome, like, high high collar, high shoulder, shoulder pad kind of looks, which are fun. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. I think Triss was in, like, another kind of earthy, flowy dress. Sabrina's always in blue. So yeah. I like to say Sabrina had a boob window, too. Yennefer and Sabrina both had boob windows. Sabrina, I remember that much. Sabrina seems like a boob window type of person. Sabrina knows what where her bread is buttered. <laughs> and I respect it. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah so the, the costumes are great. Okay. Are they practical for battle? I don't know. Magic gives you a little bit of a leeway on that. But I, if I were going into battle, I would definitely have, you know, trousers. Well, but okay. Are those are those Nilfgaard armor? Oh, things? you in the Practical Nilfgaard armor? Battle? At least, at least the mages look good. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that Nilfgaard armor's rough. They don't look like you know. The... It was three D printed. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's see. Do we have anything else we talk about in this battle? Fringilla's there. She's got fierce eye makeup. I love it. Yeah. She's total badass. She's yeah. like got creepy brain worms that she unleashes uh, well, on. Well, let's not get to the brain worms yet. Oh, okay, wanna... we'll put a hold on the pit a pin in the brain. Yeah, worm. yeah. I, I I wanted to talk about um. We'll get to the brainworms. I wanted to talk about though one more thing that night um, when when they're preparing before yes. the battle starts proper because there was one thing I wanted to ask you. Yen has a uh, a quote and it's repeated later in the yes, episode on the girl well. side of the story. She like uh, well basically what she does is is this one woman who's not a magic user um, who's just a peasant mentions that they they don't have um, enough feathers to do the fletchings for the the arrows mm-hmm. that they're they're creating and so yen takes one feather and then using magic multiplies it and creates a bunch and i think the the woman says something like that i wish i could do that or that's a nice trick or something like that and yen says it's magic it's not real i don't get that quote i i like it's repeated it clearly is meant to have some sort of substance to it but i don't understand that because Clearly those feathers are real. Presumably yeah. this woman uses them to create arrows. So like, do you have a sense of what that is supposed to mean? Cause Not it particularly, me. I wonder if she's maybe talking more about the substance. I don't know that it's, it's, there's, hmm, I'm trying to think of how to explain it and I'm not going to be able to do a very good job. Something about the hollowness of it or the fact that it's, it doesn't require effort or work really. It's it, just something that, it seemed a little let them eat cake to me. Yeah. Um, like here's this woman who's like, you know, just she's told lost, you her sob story. Yeah. About how she lost everything. She's lost her farm. She's lost every, this is a desperate fight for her very existence and they don't have enough arrows. They don't have the supplies they need to put up a fight. And Yen helps her, you know, to her credit, Yen does help and creates these, these, these feathers for the arrows. But then she kind of like says, oh, it's nothing like, you know, like it's it's just similar to someone who not who doesn't have money, seeing someone who has a bunch and saying, hey, I, you know, I wish I had that money. I wish I, you know, had your. Oh, money doesn't buy happiness. I wish I I had your resource. Yeah. And then saying something like that or oh, it's just it's just it's just material stuff. I'm like, well. Okay, some people need material stuff to <laughs> yeah. live, you know? Like it, it I wonder if she's talking about just like substance. It's not it's nothing of substance. It's not like hard work. It's not, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm just spitballing here. I I mean, it's just an odd quote for one that's repeated yes. again, like as if it's it's supposed to have some sort of meaning, and I'm not quite sure I get it. And it's a great scene prior to that. So yeah. I wish it kind of I wish they kind of stuck that landing a little bit more. But um but then, you know, okay, moving on, since, like, you know, we've just Brain jumped around a bit. Worms. 
Not brain worms okay. yet. We'll get to brain. Well, first we got to talk about fireballs. Oh, fireballs. So, yeah. Fireballs. Okay. By the way. Okay. These fireballs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to jump all over you, but you got me excited about fireballs oh. Um, in more ways than one. But <laughs> they drink some of it. I am drinking some of it. Hell, I've drinking too much of it. Um, so these mages are basically almost like self-immolating mm-hmm. in order to create yeah. these fireballs, to no. which I say, why? Yes. Why are well, you burning you, up useful you mages? Up, you brought up exactly what I was going to say. It's right, not that hard to like get a bunch of wood and cover it in tar and light it on fire. <laughs> it's, you're still launching it off of well, a catapult. You don't need the mage to create a well, fireball if the mage isn't launching the fireball themselves. Like just... Set something on fire and throw it in a catapult. Well, How hard is that? Who are these mages though <laughs> that, that are, are that like, are like right. incinerating them? So like like who's lining up for that gig? Yeah. Like I have to feel like these are the mages that like almost drank the Kool-Aid. Almost man. didn't no, almost didn't pass. Yeah. Um, you Magic know, school. um Eratusa and Banard. Okay, you know, you have a choice. You could either be turned into an eel or <laughs> you could become one of these death mages, yeah. you know, that you're, you're gonna end up just But it's dying such a to... waste of like for strategically speaking, if you have people that can cast spells, <laughs> like why are you having them kill themselves when you can just light tar on fire and launch it so no no that was exactly i i I, who are these like weird death mages i don't understand i mean at least the one guy with the fog was cool and he was like doing something he was actually useful because he was creating fog which you can't really create in medieval times yeah yeah he was doing giving them cover and whatnot and also delivering the brain worms. <laughs> All right, fine. We can talk about the brain worms. Those right. are creepy. I don't really have much to say about the brain worms. They're cool. Well, what the hell are... All right, so I have something... I have some stuff to say about the brain worms. Yeah. One, I don't know what the hell they are. They're weird little brain yeah. worms. They're never explained. Like, you know, he gives... She... Frangilla gives this guy this little box. Yeah. And I don't know what I was expecting that box to be, but I wasn't expecting it to open it up and be a bunch of these little brain worms. But here's my thought on the brain worms. Okay, Presumably, from what we see of them, if one of these things gets into your ear, it's total Wrath of Khan, you yeah, know, yeah, Star yeah. Trek thing, it gets into your ear and um, and then I don't know if someone can control you and make you do what they want you to do or if they just make you do crazy shit or like it's not really explained. But we see um, these things infect. One of them infects Sabrina, which poor Sabrina. Sabrina. (laughs) Um, One of them affects Sabrina. And then like there are these two kids or boys who are, I think, infected by them. I think they're both boys. And, um, and together they like, they blow up those, like whatever those explosive stone, explosive, yeah, jar bottles things bottles things are yeah arrows. i don't know what those are the little it's rocks like shrapnel. it's like yeah, yeah 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 it's like little you know i guess i guess fantasy grenades or something yeah like chemical <laughs> are, warfare fantasy yeah, style yeah um but they um so they basically blow those up but here's what i wonder okay so three worms in fact three people and that seems to be all these worms do and, and you see box of there's worms. like there's like hundreds if not thousands of these worms so as bad as that was these worms were a dud yeah. it was the equivalent <laughs> of like the missile that hits the wrong target you know and like like you know maybe takes out a few people but not like what you wanted it to do like that those those worms should have completely turned the tide and got like all of the the mages who were defending sodden like on the side of Nilfgaard. Like, yeah. like that's what they should have done, you know, but they didn't, they failed. Um, Nilfgaard is not sending their best. No, no, no. Um, I mean, you know, let's, let's be real. I mean, you know, 
to say, uh, yeah, and all the people who survived this are probably should be lucky that they didn't. But no, it, <laughs> all those all those mages, maybe I mean, you're right. It's a waste of of mages. But do we know that they're good mages? Because I'm getting the sense maybe they're <laughs> yeah, they really aren't the best of their their class. These ones that give up their lives. So oh, mages. <laughs> um. But, you know, a few other things, like, I think worth talking about it in this sequence. I mean, obviously, we haven't talked much about Triss. Oh, Triss. Um, I loved getting to see, like, Triss and Yennefer be friends. Yeah, super yeah. I would say I wish we got to see a little bit more about that. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I was watching this episode, one thing I, I took note of was thinking of the season as a whole. And we've talked about this before. Yen and Triss are supposed to be, like, best friends. They're supposed to be very close. And looking at this this these moments together you don't get the sense that that's not true but you don't really see that established in fairness you don't get it established in the books either it's just not there in this sort of story because it is nice they have they clearly have a good good rapport Mm -hmm. um and i would i would have loved to see more of them together yeah, I like that. That line Tris has the Yennefer about Vilgelfort's being their new daddy is very yeah. fun. And yeah, I wish there was more of that playful banter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, Tris. All right, so Tris. Ultimately, this episode, as far as Tris goes, assuming you haven't seen season two yet, and assuming you haven't read the books or know anything about it, this episode ends a little um, unclear as far as Triss goes. Yeah, what happened to Triss? Does Triss make it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, all right. So so when the tide is starting to turn and Nilfgaard is getting the upper hand, they're invading. Um, they're, they're, they basically have, uh, are invading this. this is the fort's... like a keep. A yeah, fort. the keep or fort or ca- whatever Citadel. it is. Yeah, well, they're invading it. And I think Yennefer... Who has um, Yennefer throughout the whole battle is 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 calling point. You know, she's yeah. up on on this tower and magically is communicating to all the different the different mages. And she tells Triss that um, Milfgard's coming. See, can you stop them? And Triss says, "I'm not sure if I can, but I'll see." You know, she she tries her best and she builds a sort of barrier, but like a plant that barrier. barrier guys, it looks like, like a wicker chair or, you know, rattan chair or something like that. Like, I, I, I don't know. I got to imagine this is unfortunately lack of budget being able to yeah. make it more formidable looking. Maybe they, they spent it all on the, the, the big fireball, you know, yeah. Yeah, like later fireball. on. Yeah. We should drink every time we say fireball. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. But whatever that thing is, um, I mean, it doesn't look like it could stop a cat, let alone <laughs> Nilfgaard. You know, I think, if I think, only Nilfgaard had sent cats. Yeah, I think a toddler, you know, yeah. like, I think child gates are probably more, you know, substantial than this little wicker thing. She, like, no wonder, it, you know, it doesn't work. Do, do you recall, do they shoot fire or do they? So somebody some, has someone, a torch. She's, is that what it so is? They're coming at her with swords. She's able to use her plant mojo to like you know, stops them, them and frees them in their tracks. Yeah. But then one of them comes at her with a torch and like gets her in the chest with a, yeah. a yeah. lit torch. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we see her unlike Coral, Triss is not clearly dead, but the last time we see her, she is like screaming in not pain in a good way. Yeah. On, the, on the ground, you know, like, yeah, it looks like, you know, she's, she's maybe not going to make it. We're not sure. Um, we didn't really talk about Tessaia. Tessaia yeah. goes and, and basically, gets herself in trouble like you know um goes to talk to to fringilla and fringilla um little easter egg i guess to people familiar with the franchise from either the game or i think i'm sure it's mentioned in the books um but oh and i'm gonna mispronounce oh, it i got I'm it Tim. i got you i got I, you can, do you know how to say it yes 
Dimeridium. Dimeridium? All yeah. right. Um, if you've played the Witcher game, you are probably well familiar with Dimeridium bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, they are one of the the many sort of bombs you can create. And um, it's, uh, I, I think it's like a metal or something like that. Or, yeah, you know, it's like that, shrapnel that, almost. Like yeah, metal shrapnel. That, that really sort of limits magical abilities. And so um, uh, Frangilla uses it on Tissaia and basically fucks Tissaia for the whole rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> she's, you know, she's out for a while um and so yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much all she you don't really get to see to say a kicking ass in this episode you see her no you know encouraging other people to to kick ass but um yeah do we have more to say prior before getting to the end of of this big battle and um no just uh the magic battle's really cool getting to see all the different mages kind of channel their different specialties yeah and in, in different interesting very violent ways yeah <laughs> It's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting that it's a lot of um, you know, it's a lot of mage versus mage and I know, I love it. <laughs> people, you know, it's just it's all people fighting for a show that is all about monsters, Tim. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, the people being monstrous in this episode are all people. There are no monsters to speak of. It's almost as if Tim, the real monster in the series and this episode in particular. Is man. See, I, I do not agree. <laughs> I think the ghouls are far more monstrous. It was um, a stretch. I admit it. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The death worms, uh, whatever you call death them. Death worms. Yeah, those are pretty bad. Brain worms. Brain worms are pretty bad. Yeah. People, you know, sacrificing mages to- For no reason. For no reason. That's so pretty dumb. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of successful fireballs. Yes. Uh-huh. End of the episode. I know. How Yennefer, awesome is this? I The first time I watched this, I rewound it about five times yeah. just to keep watching the scene over and over and over again because it's like, so badass. It, it, and the way it's shot and her yes. performance and like she's screaming. And it's we've talked in the past about how we really like that the show lets the women just like exist and be ugly at times. They don't always have to be glamorous and beautiful. And she's like, oh, she's really just giving it. <laughs> she's you, giving her all. Does she look ugly? I don't recall her. I don't say she's ugly. I would say she's she's exerting a great amount of like force and effort. It's very primal, you yeah. know? It's like yeah. Yeah, but I love the the whole sequence building up to it. Like, to but she's not it, doing like glamorous hand motions. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like really err. But I mean, to say it like basically calls her and says it's your time. Yeah. You know, and what's the line? You, I'm sure you have it read down. Like it's let something your about chaos... the, I don't, but it's about oh. like the bottle. Like you don't need the bottle yeah. anymore. But yeah. But she's like let your chaos explode. Like, explode. Is that what it is? Yeah. And basically, again, yeah, like just yeah, let's loose. Yeah. And it's just you know, you, <laughs> it's funny because it's like you don't quite know. Um, you know, the first time you watch this, what she's going to do. (laughs) And then you see it and then you see how big it is. And it's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And there's that little tiny patch of grass that to say is on. Like she doesn't roast to say on. (laughs) Little tiny patch of grass. Yeah. I will um, attest to something though, before we move on to the other characters, um, which is, I don't think I grasped until I saw season two, really. I don't think I grasped that Yennefer had disappeared at the end. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, she does. She clearly is. I don't know why I missed that, but I don't think I did. I think I was so caught up in her um, her badass fireball that I, I missed the fact that she um, she's not there at the end. And it's meant to be a little bit 
ambiguous as to whether she survived. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. It's a nod, I think, a little bit to the books mm-hmm. and that ambiguity about whether she survived this battle. We'll, we'll, I think, talk more about that when we get to our off the path segment. Yeah, but. I liked it though. I, I like that ambiguity. I thought it played really oh, well. I mean, I like ambi- I like ambiguity a lot, but I don't think I was. I picked up on right, it. Right, right. I, I had no reason to think she hadn't survived this battle. One of the fun things about rewatching the series is there's definitely stuff where we're like, oh, I totally missed that on the first watch. And oh, maybe sure. the second watch, too. Yeah. So, yeah. No, for cough, sure. Cough, run, freeze, broach. Cough, cough. But, <laughs> all right. So I think we've talked about Yen's side of things. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about Siri next or Geralt next? Um, well, we don't have. Let's talk about Siri because it's I don't quick. Have, yeah, I don't have much to say about. Now, unlike Siri in her and her time in the woods, Into you know, the woods. which just goes on and on Forever and on. Forever and ever. Um, I actually, even though Siri's story doesn't take up much of this episode, I actually like her story in this yeah. episode. Um, I like these characters she's with. I actually, I don't think the woman's name is ever said, but I looked looked it up and her name is Zola. Mm. Um, Zola seems like a cool character. She's a genuinely nice person in a, in a universe where there don't seem she to be She and her really husband many. are both aggressively yeah. nice. Like yeah. weaponized niceness almost. It's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, I don't know that I go that far with with them, but I know I know what you're saying. They are yeah. they are very nice. Like it just I think it stands out just because there aren't many other people like that in yeah. this this universe. And um and I you know, um Siri is distrustful of her when you first meet her in um the prior episode. And I understand why, because why she also would... comes on really strong though. Like, hey, little girl, why don't you come live with me? Yeah. Like, okay, strange woman, I do not know. That's fair. Sure. No, that is fair. That is a little strong when you <laughs> when you think about it, when you put it that way. <laughs> um, but the bottom line is no one has really, other than, than Dara, no one has real, really helped Siri yeah. much. I mean, I guess you can make the case that those Sintran refugees did, but they were such awful people <laughs> that I don't really want to give them any credit. Um, but, I mean... I don't know. Siri's just not had a good time of it. Yeah, it's been hard. And so someone who genuinely wants to help her. And honestly, if Geralt wasn't in the picture, you know, offers what would seem to be a good like solution, good path for Siri, yeah. I think is it's nice. It's nice to see that people like that exist in this world. And um, and so there, while there might not be much to Siri's story, you see a little bit of the Battle of Sodden kind of from a distance. Yeah, the interesting thing about this episode through all three of the stories is that you see the Battle of Sodden in different ways and at slightly different points in time. Yeah. So this is our last little bit of timeline fuckery that we get to see. And you know, you guys know I stand the timeline. I love the weird timeline. But yeah, the Siri story, girl story, and Yennefer story all take place around the Battle of Sodden, but they're kind of like happening a day or so apart from each other. So Yennefer's is like kind of ahead, Geralt's is a little behind. I felt like Ceres was about the same because I think as you, Geralt, yeah, well, as as Yen's oh, because Yen. I think um I don't remember if it's right before or right after, but you see like um you see Fringilla's you know Death Mage fireballs, yeah, yeah, and then Ceres um, asleep and the fireball wakes her up. Yeah, you see those from a distance, like you see Siri and Zola, um, looking at them, and then and then obviously at another point you see, um, you see Yennefer stopping it from yeah. hitting you know hitting the camp, and so. But I feel like they're close to each other. I don't, yeah, they are all close. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think those are too far apart. 
So my sense was Siri's story seems to be pretty close. I don't know about Geralt. Geralt's, I feel like, is about a day behind uh, based on like, be. what's going on. It might be. Because all the stuff that we see with Yennefer, and then yeah. you'll see Geralt, which maybe we'll just segue into Geralt right now, but you'll see him, like the the fog, the, the guy will be like, oh, I don't like this fog. And you've previously seen the fog happen with yeah. that mage that That's sacrificed true. himself. So. Well, I mean, I feel like we can, unless you have more nope. to say about Siri, I think we can move to Geralt's story because his has a little bit more of substance happen to it um, or happen in it. Like we said earlier, it talks about, or it starts off with him in, um, in Sintra and he, I think, assumes Siri is dead. And then, then as he, what's interesting is we see him kind of almost trace Siri's path yes. a little bit, um, what she's been going down, because then we next see him... Um, and he's going through the, the Sintron refugee mm-hmm. camp, but now they're all dead because yeah. Nilfgaard has killed them. And, um, the husband in this, this couple, his name is Yurga is burying them. And, you know, and, and that's why I said, like, these are genuinely nice people. Someone who would, who comes to, uh, you know, uh, uh basically a mass grave. Ma- well, yeah. It's not, yeah, a bunch of people have died and it's like, you know what? They deserve to be buried. They, they at least the respect of being under the ground and, and he's, he's doing that. And he, of course, you know, he doesn't realize this, but that's not necessarily the smartest thing because these ghouls are in the area and tend to um, be drawn to corpses and ultimately attack. They're kind of cute. The ghouls yeah. they are little, they're itty bitty. They're, I don't think they're as cute as like the a Necker. I know you love Neckers. Yeah. They're like your number one. Ah, Neckers are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're the cutest little monsters. Like if I could have one as a pet, it would totally be a Necker. <laughs> uh, that's, that's kind of what I thought maybe these were, but then they've, they've referred to them. Um, Lauren Schmidt Hissrich has referred to them as ghouls. And so, um, so they're yeah, ghouls. they're necrophages because neckers are ogrids. We're going to get deep into it, guys. <laughs> and, uh, ghouls are necrophages and the necrophages eat the dead, the corpses. Yeah. So they kind of show up around cities and so you, dead bodies and stuff. So you, your, your, your monster pet is a ghoul. Mine is a necker. <laughs> no, I don't know what my monster pet would be. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. I'll think about it. Something like, are there any ones that are like really like cute and little and <laughs> like, like. I don't know. This is a good question. We'll have to think about this and come back with answers. Um, you know, because, yeah, I think, yeah, I, they aren't really cute, but there might be some that might make Maybe a griffin. Maybe my monster pet would be like a griffin because okay. I could ride it around places and like to, fly you'd places. You'd have to train it. Eh, I got time. It's a pandemic. What See, am I doing? Like, I feel like Necker's like... In the game, they're so little that I feel like I could take one. Like, like yeah. now the thing about Neckers is they swarm you. Bitey. But I feel like if there's you like just had one, if you just had one, I could like take one and it's put like it in its place. It's like that question about like fifty uh, ducks versus like one big person sized duck, <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to fight fifty like duck sized ducks or yeah, one yeah. human sized duck? Um, I, that's why I think the Necker th- situation is is like you're always under attack by uh, like like a bunch of them attack you, so they're hard you know in in mass. But I think just one of them. But are they like, pack animals? Do you like need to have multiple Neckers that they get sad? I mean, like no, because then then you are their company, so it would you <laughs> you're know their pack. You, it would bond with you, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I fit a Griffin in my one bedroom apartment, guys. <laughs> well, that's the thing. A Griffin by itself could fucking kill you you know like like those claws are are sharp dangerously (laughs) yeah i'm trying to picture it in your part i'm pretty sure you're on the roof i'm pretty sure your um your tenant agreement probably doesn't allow for (laughs) griffins griffins yeah but anyhow 
I think I can have small dogs. <laughs> back, back to the. What story were we talking hand. about? <laughs> Ghouls and Ghouls. you know. Thank um, you. So one of them. All right. So we get a cool, a pretty cool monster fight. Yeah. Um, and I there's like notice... a POV shot too, where you yeah. see like girl's arms, and then yeah. he rips like was it a leg or an arm something or something like off of one, and is like beating the ghoul. Yeah. With well, that's appendage. the thing. I didn't realize he loses his sword. Yeah. So quickly until I watched it this most recent time, and then I'm like, oh shit, yeah, he loses his sword, and so he's fighting them by hand. And then, at, yeah, at one point he rips off, I don't know, an arm or leg yeah. and is beating them with, with, with one of their arms or legs. But there's a lot of them, <laughs> you know, much like Neckers in mass. <laughs> they're, they're too hard to defeat. And, um, well, he does defeat them. They, they bite him. Yeah. And that, that bite is, is very, very, very toxic. And um, he's um, ultimately, basically, this, his whole story in this episode is... Tripping, he's, he's tripping, yeah, hallucinating. Um, Yurga does save him. Um, he puts him in his cart and mm-hmm. basically takes him back home, and you know wants to find him help. Geralt is is like, ah, give me this flagon, you know, for my belt, give me this and, potion, yeah, this yeah. potion, and and so and so it's interesting because you you get to see some parts of his life. Um, the biggest thing i guess you get to see is his his mother your childhood yeah yeah you're finally introduced to his his childhood his mother who despite you know what we've been told in the past is um you know he wasn't a child surprise you know his mother um and this is very interesting is um a sorceress Mm -hmm. um named vicenna and and that begs a huge fucking question yeah. which is how yeah sorceresses don't have kids and um, they like changed it up a little bit in the netflix version of the show because like in in the books it's more just magic just naturally like radiates your reproductive organs there's just uh, something about magic where you can't have yeah, kids yeah but every now and then there's somebody that slips through the cracks and can't whereas in the show it's much more deliberate yeah at least with the women so maybe it makes more sense in the books that one could yeah, yeah be this sort of, you There's know, like rare case, always, yeah. like you said, slips through the cr- When it's a uh, a deliberate process, a cer- right. like a magical, surgical sort of process, it seems a little bit odder. But then does everybody one. go through that? Or is that just an Aratusa thing? Yeah. Like if you're a druid a or if you're yeah, a hedge witch or something, is that something that you also have to do? Yeah, it's a good question. You don't really get a sense of, the magic users outside of this sort of formal system, the Brotherhood yeah. um, and Aratusa and Banar. You do know that they're druids, but yeah, are there like hedge witches mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of these less formal, less formally trained sort of magic users? But um, yeah, we get to see baby Geralt. Yeah, baby Geralt. So cute. Such a freaking chatterbox. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wants to be a knight, wants to (laughs) slay monsters. Can I just talk about, okay, this is such a random detail that I picked up on, but you know me. They're doing that scene where they're sitting down to... To, to a meal uh-huh. there's way too much food I for know. two people one of which is a small child I know. oh my god it's like a freaking banquet spread and i know he's tripping so you know we could say oh it's a hallucination or whatever well, but like well, way right, too so, much food so here's a question for you and this is not based on anything we saw but just total speculation on my part but was that dinner sequence before the later sequence we see where he's oh, going off. Oh, no, in Tim. Which case, in which case, was it like a goodbye <gasps> dinner that- Oh, my heart. You know, 
that that like he didn't he wouldn't realize that but that she was like this is my last meal with my son oh my god tim you're breaking my heart in the best way possible i've never thought about this before and this is amazing but that like see because then it would make sense to me that it is this giant sort of meal because you're right that's way more than two people would normally have yeah but i don't know to me i got the sense that those two scenes were and you're right it's it's a dream yeah. we don't know if it's like literal obviously he sees he sees the dragon, the dragon. He sees a little, who echoes little, the tiny line you mentioned borch. earlier yeah. yeah tiny borch tiny borch or do you remember the <laughs> it was just a or what was it uh it's magic it's not real yeah but i was yeah. gonna see if you could you could say his his name again oh um villain <laughs> trenton mirth oh my god <laughs> oh my god oh respect my friend thank you i'm gonna finish my glass um over that my god yeah <laughs> i had completely forgotten his yeah. name and it was a hard name to say even remembering it so <laughs> god damn uh, but yeah he says the little dragon hallucination yeah. says it's magic it's not real much like yennefer's line earlier yeah yeah again so it, it clearly means something um so you get that you know little little quick flashback to that and then you get to see um um we're talking since we're talking about the dreams we get to see um th- the moment when presumably she abandons him oh. Um, but what's interesting about that moment, um, it is sad, but what's interesting, you get, uh, a, a little line from, from Vesemir and it's voiced by Theo James, right. who also went on to voice the character in the anime, Nightmare, mm-hmm, Nightmare of the, the Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. Um, so that's a little cool little bit of connective tissue. Yeah, um, it is. And there's an interesting fan theory too. Mm-hmm. That like baby girl is such a freaking chatterbox, right? He's just talking about everything in the car. And he's like, what about the spears and this spear yeah, and that spear? Yeah. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. Blah, 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 blah. And then his mom like stops the car, tells him to stop, tells him to get water, and then freaking abandons him in the woods. Yeah. And people on the internet have theorized, like, is it any wonder that adult Geralt is like monosyllabic and doesn't talk anymore? Because like the last <laughs> time he freaking talked, his mother abandoned him for all time. That's a Told fair point. Told him to stop and then left. That is a very fair point. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it is pretty brutal that yeah. the way that she she leaves him on in this episode. At least you know if these dreams are to be believed. Uh, you know, one other interesting thing in that scene when he's just like going off on a little tangent about all the places they're going to visit. Uh-huh. One of the like, we're going to go to Lyria yeah. and Rivia. And it's like, oh, and Vangerberg, but right? and Vangerberg, But it's like, oh, but wait, Geralt of Rivia. Uh-huh. Why would you go to Rivia if you are already of Rivia? Hmm. <laughs> now, Tim and I obviously know the answer to that question, but it's like a cute. It's an interesting little like thing that they sprinkled in there, yeah. a little detail. Um, And then so then there's the last little dream that may not be a dream that we get with Geralt. Yeah, I have questions for you about this. Oh, well, I have questions too, but let's start with like my little geeking out. We get a, we get a Renfrey appearance. It's a dream appearance, but I will take any Renfrey that we can get. Ah, I still love Renfrey. I I don't know. I don't know who my biggest Witcher crush is. It's either Renfrey or Tissaia at this point. It's one of the two. I'm talking about the show. Um, you know, as opposed to the game, um, you know, who my, my, my game love is. Oh, but, I know you love Chris. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, to say our Renfrey, I, I love them both. I hurt them both. I guess it's going to be to say, cause I don't think we're going to see Renfrey anymore going yeah. forward, but we at least got one last little moment. R.I.P. Renfrey. And it just, to me, it shows, you know, she mattered to yeah. Geralt. She yeah. mattered, you know, she made an impression on him. She's important to him. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, I heart Renfrey. Girl, Renfrey forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> or not at all, because she's dead. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. And then Yennefer. We see Yennefer. We see Yennefer, but I mean, you know, duh. <laughs> of course we're going to see Yennefer there. Um, and then mom. And then mom. And mom is pretty pretty easy on the eyes too yeah, i gotta mom's say mom's and mom's got a little bit of an accent which yeah. i'm like is mom from skellige like what's going on with mom <laughs> i think mom is just a european actress yes, is what yes. mom is. <laughs> <laughs> but mom's mom's pretty cute um she's a she is a sorcerer she she a healer specializes to, in healing yeah and she seems to be the one who who finally gets Geralt's infection under control um yeah no this is my question for you okay is she really there that's it's because I mean I that's think that's super confusing in the show. It, it's I think it's a real question. Um cuz like it seems like it she's not because what's his bucket has a line later where girl's like where is she and he's like well, what are you talking about? You said a lot of women's names, names yeah. in your sleep. Har har har. But yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely meant to be ambiguous yeah. again and um I think it's left up to um interpretation. If you know, it's funny if you if you were to hold my feet to the fire and say, Tim, what do you think? I would say, say based off of that, that line afterwards, that she's not really there in the show. Yeah. She says, I was just a dream. And then yeah. she says, sleep Sir Gerald, which is like, oh, yeah. he was like wanting to be a knight when he yeah. was a kid. It's sweet. But I would yeah. say, I would say my guess would be in the show. It's a dream. I would say you know, a little bit skipping ahead, but in the book, I would say it, she was, oh, really she was there. definitely there in the book. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, she does try to make reference. Oh, you, I was just a dream or yeah. says something like that, but yeah, I think it's a lot clearer yeah. that she's there in the book. So, but I think in the show, they, they want it to be ambiguous. And, um, in my opinion is it, it feels like she wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, that this was something that he kind of dreamed as some sort of clo- sense of closure for himself but you know like she does also say something um and i know i i wrote it down people linked by destiny will always find each other mm-hmm. she says that and um and then of course he repeats that at the the very end of the episode mm-hmm. himself and that's a line i think pulled almost directly not entirely word from word but pretty closely from the book too it's said in in the story that this episode is based on so it's 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 finally bringing that to full circle, I think, a, a bit. But, I, you know, since we are talking about Geralt and his mom, I do have a question for you. Yes. Um, and just to get your thoughts on it. And I'm just wondering how much do you think Geralt's mother being a sorceress informs his thoughts on Yen wanting a child? Ooh. Um, and also about on about his thoughts on him having a child of surprise like it feels like it would inform both this is a juicy question i really like it i think it informs his thoughts on yen a lot yeah like i think he's projecting wildly (laughs) yeah yeah for sure 100 percent. yeah i mean it would make sense um like clearly clearly yeah he's the son of a sorceress he probably doesn't think much of sorceresses oh, especially because she like abandoned his ass you know yeah, yeah. Uh, no i can totally see that i can totally see him projecting all of his issues on yennefer and uh you know uh emotional stability thy name is not girl to Ruby <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah i can totally see him doing that and then yeah obviously he's got issues about being a, a parent and uh-huh. a support system for somebody and i'm sure a lot of that stems from his abandonment issues with his mother and yeah and it's funny because I didn't really think about it until until considering what we we're going to talk about right. in this podcast was 
yeah, I, I mean, his mom's a sorceress. I, it's just not something that it's, it's kind of a rarity I and mean, yeah, it makes him sure. a unique case and he falls for a sorceress who wants to be a mother. So I don't know if there's, if there's, there's, you know, definitely projection, but also like, um, like he, his mother didn't want his sorceress mother didn't want to be a mother right. and he falls for a sorceress who does like, yeah, yeah it, there's there's but then he also, he doesn't think she should be a mother yeah. or he thinks it would be a bad mother. So, so I mean, Freud would have a heyday, <laughs> I think with all this. So eventually he stops tripping. Yeah. And he and the merchant, he gets back on the cart with the merchant. There's a little bit of like just body work that I love where he, puts these sacks that are in the back of the cart up and props up his leg and just kind of tosses his leg over the back of this hay bale or whatever it is, which I just thought was such a funny bit of physical acting work. Uh, I just really dug it. Well, what do you, you know, before we get off um, or get to the end of this whole yeah. story, what do you think of Yurga as a character? Oh, like I he, love him. He's I, fun. I do too. He, he calls, he calls Gerald butcher. Yeah. That I'm, I'm not sure what's up with that because it's been, I don't have my timeline in front of me, but it's been like, 20 years or so well, since Blackovan, and he's still, I'm saying it Blavican? wrong. God damn it. <laughs> I did just pull I'm you drinking whiskey. it, I'm drinking it, I'm drinking it. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, should, I should bring this up more often because Valerie always messes up Blavican. Villain Trenton Mirth. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, okay. <laughs> Blavikin. Blavikin. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, but like this is one of his nicknames. Like this this stays the with butcher him. of Blavikin, like, yeah. Like they refer to him as a butcher of Blavikin in the Witcher game, which like, okay, maybe that's not canon, but it's set well after the events of the show, which presumes like, yeah, this is something his his he's gonna be called his whole life. It's just one of his his monikers. Yeah. So, um, honestly, I think Yurga probably thinks from what we know about his wife probably thinks, you know what? It was probably justified. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. It's none a, of it's my a, business. It's a violent world. You know, yeah, sometimes uh, these things happen. So, um, so I, I never had an issue with that. Um, I, I like Yurga. He's a, a genuinely, nice character it is funny when he offers the the law of surprise oh my no don't do it yeah, girl's like just give me an ale and yeah. we'll, we'll call it even <laughs> so should we wrap this one up yeah he gets, the, he gets to the end and um and you know surprise there actually is something unexpected there yes it's, it's it's siri i i have always loved the the final moments of of season one i do um, too yeah you know Geralt. The girl in the, the woods, woods will be with you always. Yeah, yeah, you get you get that flashback. You get that, you know, to the very first episode. And, you know, it's Renfrey. Oh, <laughs> and, you're growing uh, free. And, you know, and then you you look up and it's Siri and she's running towards him. And it just because I think prior to this in the show, you didn't really know what Siri thought of Geralt. You know, like, you know, you knew that she was told to find him that's what she was out to do or out to do but you didn't know if she really wanted to and here she is in a household who are treating her with kindness as as zola says earlier in the episode it's a simple life but you it's know, a good one but a good one yeah she has everything she wants and it probably would have been a good life for siri not like being a princess but siri's not going to have that life anyhow and um and and yet she finds Geralt and she literally runs to him. Yeah. And I think it's so sweet. And 
the fact that she runs up and hugs him and he hugs her too. And he's not, you know, he's not an affectionate person. Yeah. It, it just, it, it struck me the first time I saw it, you know, it really like, I'm like, wow, like this guy has clearly come around and clearly is, is committed now to, to being taking on this role and um and I love it. And I also love her last line. Yes. You know, uh which she only I think she had a vision and he was Yeah, she was, had a dream about um Tesea and Geralt looking for Yennefer post Battle of Sodom. Yeah. And she says, So who is Yennefer? Yeah. Cut to credits. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I love I that love too. That. I thought that was such a fun little like I don't know if I'd call it a cliffhanger, but like a fun little beat to end it on. It yeah. was great. Yeah. No, well done. And this was the last we saw of The Witcher for, for, a, long, <laughs> for a long time. Because, you know, COVID. <laughs> they tried. They got like a, a, a month into it. Yeah. They were filming season two. And mm. then COVID hit and they had to shut down for months and months and months. Yeah. And then they came back and it took like a year to film it. It took forever because of know. all the protocols and everything. And yeah. 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 So, um, but I mean, it was a good ending. It, you know, it. They stuck the ending of this first season, in my opinion. And um, I mean, certainly you and I were, I mean, we've been fans of it since we yeah. first saw it. So um, any more, anything else you want to say about? Yeah, this just this was like, a, you know, this was an important, you know, it's it sounds kind of silly to be like, oh, this was a really important part of my life, guys. But we've talked about it with the the game before in a previous episode, but like with the pandemic and everything. Um, we started doing weekly watch parties, and this is in the early stages of the pandemic where everything was locked down and nobody could see anybody in person ever. Yeah. And it was really scary and really weird time. So we started doing watch parties where we would watch an episode of something or a movie or whatever. And we had a group of friends on a Discord chat, and we would just like type sassy comments to yeah. each other as it was going. Then we do like a group video chat afterwards. Shout and out the to Witcher, our regulars. Yeah, shout know. out to our group, man. Shout out to, because I think they listen to this podcast. Yeah. So. You know, Dan, Sarah, and Eric, you <laughs> yeah, know, guys. shout out to you guys. Yeah. So we, um, we would watch The Witcher was the first thing we watched. We yeah. And it I had seen it before that. and you had seen it before too, right? Mm-hmm. You'd seen season yeah. one before, but it was like just a fun thing to do with our friends that really got the ball rolling. And um, it started a bigger thing. Yeah. Um, we're, I mean, we're talking a little bit more about our lives than the show, but like, um, it, this, this was the first thing we watched. And then for a year, for the whole first year of the pandemic, the whole, lockdown year pre-vaccines um every friday night we would we would have this sort of watch party where we'd watch something and so it started with this and then we moved Mm -hmm. on to other shows Mm -hmm. and other movies but for like a year we we did this um chatting on discord and then we'd um we'd video chat after we had watched you guys i got very drunk in front of a computer screen multiple (laughs) times i think we all did because um if you have a tiny glass and you fill it with a bottle of gin and you leave the bottle of gin next to the tiny glass it doesn't really matter how tiny the glass is because you're constantly (laughs) refilling it is life um, lessons yeah i mean that that was kind of the seed for this podcast yeah let's be real i mean um us like watching witcher and getting kind of drunk watching yeah, it and sure. then talking about it. So, um, so yeah, you know, that led to where we're at right now. Let's talk about Firewall. I mean, what do we have to say about Firewall? Sean, do you taste notes of cinnamon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's subtle, but I, I think I'm picking it up. Hint <laughs> <laughs> <It> of <does> cinnamon. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I guess full disclosure to our listeners, 
Um, you're drinking it straight now. I'm doing everything. I've got like I, I'm kind of double fisting it at the moment. I made a, I made another um, boiler boiler maker. Um, I've also had a fair bit more than Valerie. So if I'm the one slurring my words and like stumbling over things and forgetting names, um, you know that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but Valerie, what where was the when was the first time you had Fireball? Let's, oh God, I I don't even know. So. What's, what did I say? It's come out. It came out in 2007. So not to age myself, guys, um, but I was definitely out of college by the time that like fireball rolled around. So I probably had it in some bars in my 20s. I don't know. It's a thing that people tend to like shoot more than yeah. anything. Well, that was the thing. I was wondering if it was a college thing or some, something like that. It was you, past it was my time, man. Past your time. Past my time. Um, yeah. I was already, I think I was already like a grown ass person. Well, I like, mean, I was in LA I was at that for point. Sure too. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, 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 I guess, lifting the veil a little bit yeah. on ourselves, but I'm older than you. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, it certainly was, was post. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an elder millennial and you're Gen X, right? That's yeah. your technical designation. I would be considered Gen X. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I, I'm a geriatric I, I think, millennial, I think I'm a millennial guys. at heart, you know? <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, um, yeah, it was after, it was well after that. I honestly don't remember when I ha- first had Fireball either. It seemed like suddenly it was everywhere. Yeah. Like, Good was, job, Fireball. Way yeah, to brand. Yeah. Um, so I did, I did write down a few little Fireball facts Woo-hoo. beyond what you said in your opening. Um, some of these are the same, but one interesting fact is Fireball and, you know, hey, our podcasts are rules, guys, but Fireball is not technically whiskey even though it's got whiskey in the name yeah whiskeys are at least 40 percent alcohol by volume fireball is only 33 percent oh, no. so fireball. yeah huh. no it they may call it fireball cinnamon whiskey but it is not really whiskey 33 percent whiskey but 67 percent awesome <laughs> <laughs> um then you know i guess to your point Fireball really didn't become popular till the late 2000s. Yeah. Um, basically, when it was bought by Seagram's, they rebranded it. They changed uh, sold the name. by Seagram's. Um, you're right. Sold by Seagram's to Sazerac. Mm-hmm. Sazerac rebranded it, um, changed their changed the name from that. What was it? McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy. Doctor McGillicuddy, who's Doctor- a fictional character. Dr. McGillicuddy's Cinnamon Whiskey. I wonder why they changed that name. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, I wonder why. Why that might have been. Um, it became popular after Sazerac bought it, after they changed the name. Um, but it was originated, like you said, in the 1980s. One thing that's kind of interesting about Fireball, it was recalled in Europe in 2014 oh, yes. because it contains propylene glycol, which is an ingredient that's used in antifreeze. Mm. Um, the FDA and the CDC say that low levels of um, propylene yeah. Propylene glycol are um, safe, so. I mean, you're drinking a poison, so <laughs> like it is what it is. Yeah, you know? I guess we. we I don't know. Whenever people it. say stuff, I am not a scientist, guys. Despite having like a bullshit degree in science, but it's um. Whenever people say stuff like that, I always think it's kind of interesting because theoretically, a lot of stuff is in a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's also water in a lot of things, so you could use that argument, but. They do yeah. have it on their website. If you go on the Fireball website, they're they like, do. no, it's fine. It's not a thing. Well, it's and, da, 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 and da. My understanding actually is um, propylene glycol is in a, you're right. It's in a lot, a lot of things. Of stuff. Yeah. A lot of things that we consume. So it's 
kind of silly that it was recalled, um, yeah. but it was recalled. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. He's all but advertised that now at this point. Um, and then the last little thing I wrote down, and this is probably not a surprise to anyone. It's one of the most popular liqueurs in America. Oh, yeah. I saw that, too, that they, they I forget what year it was, but there was some year where they were like the number one. Yeah. Well, when ranking favorite liquors, according to state, the bartender social app found that Fireball ranked as one of the highest in the country and was tops in 13 states. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very popular. Yeah. Um, a lot of people shoot it. A lot of people mix it with things. Yeah. I, you can drink it. I'm drinking it straight right now, mm. but you can, you know, you can I mean, I usually you're... would, but you brought, you brought this cider. So I'm what do you think it. of the Boilermaker? What do you think? I mean, it's not a true Boilermaker cause it's not beer, but it's the same principle. It's, it's interesting. It's good. It's a good way. Actually. I think it's it's a good suggestion for those of you out there who, you know, um, the drinking Fireball Straight isn't for you. um, Putting it in cider is actually a good sort of way of having it because you you definitely get the cinnamon, but um, but it's it's not too strong. Yeah. And I would uh, again, as I said in the beginning, like I would recommend a sweeter one. I don't think this would work with a dry cider as much. I think it just would be kind of. So now, Tim, Mm. before we go, go to our next segment. Yeah, I have a segment of surprise. Oh my god, you do! I do. I finished the time of contempt. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm now halfway through. I think I'm halfway through, right? There's like eight books. Um, yeah, I'm four in. Yeah, I guess. All right. When you when you think of it as a whole, you're halfway through. Um, you're a little less than halfway through the five books of the main saga. Though. Mm, yes. So finish Time of Contempt. Wow. I'm done with Time of Contempt. That's now, awesome. I'm going to be very vague. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's, this is uncharted territory. There are not yeah. episodes based on Time of Contempt yet, so I don't want to like spoil things for people. I really liked it. I liked it a lot better than the last one. Blood of Elves, I'm better. sorry. Blood like of I, Elves is no, a weak book. Like I told you, I think the books get better with each yeah. one. I really enjoyed it. It was really, really good. Uh-huh. Now... Shit goes down. Shit goes in, down in time of contempt, and we will keep this vague for those of you who haven't read it. But shit goes down, and I think it changes the trajectory of the main story mm-hmm. for the rest of the books. What do you think of that? What do you think of like like you? Obviously, you don't know where right. things are gonna go going to go in the yet. next yeah. few books. But I think you know the the crucial point, yes. the point where things mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. kind of change. Yeah. So what? So yeah. What do you think of that? Um, are you? And then, like as a follow up, are you looking forward to the show getting to that point? Yeah, I definitely am. You are. I'm, I'm curious as to see because the show, you know, it's not a one to one, and we'll get into more of this with season two. I'm fine with it not being a one to one. I think one to one adaptations are boring. Like, I don't want to see the exact same thing that happens in the books happen in the screen. It doesn't always work well. Like, I'm totally fine with it being different. Um, But I am excited. There are certain elements from it. I'm excited to see them see them do a lot more of the series stuff. Yeah, um, I'm again trying to be fake. I know it's <laughs> hard to not like spoil anything. It's really hard. I like yeah. all the mage stuff. I'm really excited to see uh-huh. like more of the Geralt Yennefer stuff. I'm excited to see. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get. I think Time of Contempt is. I don't remember him in Blood of Elves, but Time of Contempt introduces Kair, right? Like in the in the yeah, he books. has a part in it. He's in there. Yeah, so. So that's kind of cool. You finally, you know, get to him. Obviously, they they've introduced him early in the show, but he's not introduced early in the book. I don't remember 
remember when, if he's in Blood of Elves. I don't think he I is. I think there's like a brief moment so? where I don't remember if Blood of Elves or not, if it's in there. There's like a brief moment with him and the Emperor where you like, you, yeah. he, the Emperor basically is like, aha, now I've taken you out of jail and you must go back and find this girl again. Yeah. But, yeah. But I don't but, remember which book that's in. But it establishes that he's looking for Siri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, I think a lot of some of the seeds that we see in season one of The Witcher in the Netflix series are you know, like actually come from possibly the time of contempt. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because it's like it's well before that. Like, you know, even season two of The Witcher doesn't really get much into the time of contempt. Yeah. But um, but it's it is an important book. Because it, you know, you have to, if you know that that's what's coming, you mm-hmm. almost have to start planting those seeds now. So I will say they uh, sure do like saying the phrase, the time of contempt oh, in yeah. that book. Yeah. <laughs> it said a lot. I mean, I think that's true for every one of, yeah. of um, Andrzej Sapkowski's books. Like, <laughs> What's they, the name of this book? Oh, yeah. It's only been said 15,000 times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's mentioned quite a bit. <laughs> And that's like interesting because the time of contempt is not an easy, yeah. you know, not an easy turn <laughs> of phrase to show. Yeah. You know, it's not something that comes up in casual conversation. All right. Next actual segment now. What is our actual segment? The Care Moron? I don't know, I man. Care Moron. Fireball! Care <laughs> anyway. Moron. Yeah. So this is the the person or people who have made terrible decisions. This was this was a tricky. I'm gonna episode. be real with you, Tim. Uh-huh. I didn't pick anybody because I didn't think anybody made any bad decisions. No, that's not fair. You have to pick a Karamoran. I have to pick a Karamoran. I was like, everybody, you're all doing great, sweeties. All right. You're all all perfect. I love you all. All right. You know what? This has never happened before, (laughs) so I'm going to let it slide. Okay. I I can pick, I can pick a pinch hitter. Well, well, I'll tell you who mine is. Um, I'm wondering, okay, well, do you, do you have a pinch hitter in mind? Um, Yoruga maybe just cause he's like, okay, no, no, yeah. let's, let's go with that. Let's go. Okay. With that. Okay. Why, why do you think he is? And then I'll tell you who on the is. spot, on the spot, summary yeah. on the spot. Uh, wait, no, care more on, on the spot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess love- cause he's driving a freaking car through like <laughs> Necker infested or not Necker, um, ghoul um, infested. infested. Yeah. Yeah. Like you live in a world where monsters exist, dude. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Okay. All right. That's a good, that's fair. Um, I mean, I think Geralt would agree with you that he wasn't being very smart. So that's that's fair. Okay. Um, I like putting you on the spot um, because you never, you always prepare. So I do like, always. I don't know. I was watching it. I'm like, no, everybody's no, making good. The mages are all kick ass. That is Even fair. though we don't know what's up with Vilgefortz, he's still like kick ass. No, and, that, is, yeah. that is very fair. This was the hardest one to pick a care more on. Um, I think most people, I think, I think, you know, there aren't really blatantly bad decisions yeah so so it's not obvious it's certainly not obvious um who the care moron should be and mine um i did pick one mine's not on the spot i wrote it down i thought about it and it is a hard decision it was a hard decision to come to because it makes me sad my care moron is my my darling my 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 lovely (laughs) to Because she goes and talks to Fringilla in the middle of this battle. And like, what the fuck did she expect? <laughs> no backup. No, doesn't yeah. let anybody like, know where she's going. Yeah. yeah. Like, did she, what did she expect to happen? Fringilla totally, you know, f- 
fucks her over. Okay, you know? in retrospect, like, Tim, this was an excellent choice, and I should have picked it. it like, uh, but it makes me sad to pick it because you know <laughs> I love Tasea. Tasea is badass and is yeah. usually pretty smart, and she just wasn't here. Yeah, and um. I don't know if she would have made any or would have made much of a difference in the battle. Yeah. But she was, you know, we won't know because she was completely taken out. Yeah. Um, because she made a bad decision. Yeah. So. Dimeridium. Yeah. I'm sorry to say I love you. You're gorgeous. Your outfits are fucking on fire. Um, not literally. Not fire. <laughs> we got to specify that in this, in this episode. Um, your outfits are awesome. But you're like in the fireball, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but this was a this was a stupid decision. Yeah. You are my care moron. No, that's episode. fair. That's fair. Yeah. I get it. That was a good pick, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> well, on that note. Off the path. <laughs> Differences in the IP. Off the path. Let's go off the path. Like, <laughs> We've already not? gone way off the path. We've gone off the path many times in this Final episode. Final episode of season one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the story that this is based on, it's um something it's, more. It's called something more. Now this episode is called Much More. We didn't say that. Mm, we um, did at the very beginning. Yeah. Like five whiskeys ago. We oh, did. You did say it was called Much yeah, More. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I must have missed that. Not paying attention. I see how it is, Tim. <laughs> see how it is. Um, all right. So the episode's called Much More. The story's called Something More. It's probably the closest they've come to yeah. naming an episode after um, a story in the book until season two, <laughs> but um, so pretty similar. The, the honestly, this was, I'm glad they adapted the story. It's a good one to end the season at, and there are some pretty interesting differences, but it stays pretty close to it. And the yeah. story is something more. Um, Geralt basically runs into Yurga, who um, who is and I think in the story rather than him burying these sort of um Sintern refugees who have been who have um who've all been killed he's just his his cart has been um it's blown a wheel or an axle or yeah, something and his like servants it, ran off and- yeah his servants ran off and he's in a dangerous place a place that like Geralt knows once um darkness falls is going to be overrun by monsters I, mm-hmm. I can't remember if they're ghouls in the story but it might be, but they're monsters. And, um, and he says, you know, you, if you, if you're smart, you'd leave. Yurga doesn't want to leave because the cart is filled with like basically his life's work. And so Geralt agrees to, to help him and basically fights off the monsters. I mean, little, there are slight differences, but he well, Geralt specifically asked for the law of surprise in the story. He does. Yeah. Okay. Geralt specifically is like, Hey, I want the law of surprise. Give me the law of surprise. Yeah. That was his payment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, we've talked about how book Geralt is different mm-hmm. than show Geralt. In that yeah, way. Yeah. Like several times he's Very deliberately mercenary. asked for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately he fights these monsters and the same thing happens. He gets bitten and ends up in a bad state and hallucinating. Yeah. Um, but He's we're taking hallucinogens too. Which yeah, is a, yeah, we find out. We find that out. I'm assuming that was just the potion, the potion was hallucinogenic. Stuff, yeah, yeah, it's just what it. It is what it is. But I, you know, where this does go off the path is the hallucinations are different. Mm-hmm. Now we do get his mother. That's that's the same. But but she's uh, there. Like I am ninety percent sure she's yeah. actually like he goes to a healer and they they call ahead and they get it. They call ahead. <laughs> you know they pick up the phone. They pick up the phone. <laughs> <They call ahead. laughs> Fireball. Fireball. And get a get a healer. 
And it turns out to be Geralt's mom. So she, unlike the show where it's not, you're not sure if she's actually there. Like she's really there she's in there. that book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that sequence does play out the same. They have, um, they have a discussion. A lot of the lines are the same. Um, he, you know, he questions like, you know, he says like, you have to, you had to have known seven out of 10. Yeah. Um, people don't survive the children don't survive the trial of the grasses. So all that is said, it's a little bit warmer prior to that, but it ends, you know, kind of the same way. But prior to that in the story, there are some other hallucinations that are very different. One of them, which we talked about in our last episode, um, Geralt goes to see Calanthe mm-hmm. and, um, and we talked about, we won't rehash what we talked about our last episode, but that's there. So mm-hmm. he goes back and sees her and, um, and you know, there are all the kids and, and, series one of them but ultimately he doesn't take the child surprise and, and they have their discussion so that's one of them the other one which we haven't talked about is with yen mm-hmm. and it's it's beltane mm-hmm. is that uh, how that's pronounced I, I had no idea you know what i might be mispronouncing that i probably am it's a pagan holiday mm-hmm. and so i'm probably mispronouncing it so if there's any pagans out there um i'm sorry no disrespect let us know let us yeah. know how it's pronounced I, yeah it's that holiday and um and so yeah, Geralt finds himself in the woods during during Beltane and um, there's like a celebration going on. And, you know, anyhow, he runs into Yennefer and they have basically kind of a nice night together, kind of being intimate, talking. And this is post their relationship, post, you know, kind of the stuff they've been through, their drama. I, I'm sure there are details there that I'm, I'm forgetting fireball and plus plus you know i read this part a little while ago so i mean no you're not i read it like three hours ago so you're good (laughs) okay but i feel like there were things they talk about and stuff yeah i talk about the relationship and yeah 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 um but ultimately they they part at the end of that night it's like one night Mm -hmm. together and he remembers her but it's relevant because um and this is i guess is maybe the biggest difference in this story you and and this is true the story and the books the battle of sodden happens totally off off screen mm-hmm. off camera so to speak um, and a while ago and a while ago yeah like it's discussed but you don't you don't quote unquote see it or experience it the show shows you it yeah you don't get that when you read the books um and it's but it is discussed in the story um because yurga and his wife, they do live in Sodden. Mm-hmm. And so for them, the fact that these mages defeated Nilfgaard like ensured their existence. Like yeah. they would not be here today if that hadn't happened, or certainly not in in the sort of existence that they know now, the freedom that they know now. And so these guys, um, they know they their 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 knowledge of the Battle of Sodden is pretty great, and they know um like they know definitively 22 mages stood to mm-hmm. defend sodden 14 of them died and they know the names of the 14 mm-hmm. and there's a um at the site of the battle there's like some sort of like a monument, monument yeah. that was left to them with all 14 of their names um and Geralt, you think he's going at one point to see it but then you find out that it's also a dream um it's a little it's a little he's odd. there no he goes there and he kind of like falls collapses at it and like passes but out it's at a it dream and then Yurga, no you're he gets up there 
He has a dream while he's there. Oh, he, oh okay. Like, he is physically right. there, and your guy, like, finds right. him up there and is like, oh, you're hey, right. what do you do? Why'd you climb up this hill? It's you're really right. high. You should do right. that. You're right. But, it, but he does have a dream. I'm and, always right, Tim, unless I'm trying to pronounce something, and then I'm very, very wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Then you are. You're right. You are. You are always right. If you know Except Valerie, not at all. If you want to, if you want to be friends with Valerie, <laughs> learn that. You know, Valerie is always right. Except never. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, you're. But in this case, you definitely are. Yeah. Like, um, he does go up there. He has a. He has. He passes out. Has a dream. Um, and he sees death. Yeah. He basically um, has a chat with death. Yeah. Who's this? This young sort of blonde. Yeah. You know, young girl. Yeah. Woman. Um, and he he lists off the names of the 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 mages he knows. One of them is Triss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a difference. Yeah, that's Triss's def- name is on the the monument. That is that is a difference. Um, and then I think the only other one that's really worth mentioning is the last name is Yennefer. Um, in the dream. In the dream. But when he wakes up and he's talking to Yurga about it, and Yurga says he knows all the names. What's the last name? It's something. He says something different. I don't it know starts with it. a Y, but it's not. It's some guy. Yeah, it's not Yennefer. Sorry, random dude. Yeah, <laughs> we did not so, learn your name. So again, a little ambiguous. Although I think I think if you want to come down on a side of it, the story makes it sound like Yennefer did survive. Yeah. Um, and um, and then but you know that's really those are pretty big differences. But that's really the end of it. Like the, yeah. the story ends kind of the same way. Um, he does. Oh. Dandelion does show up. Yeah, in the yeah. Story. And random book spoiler. It's not a spoiler, but like random book aside, Triss isn't actually dead in the books. Like it's yeah. not like her name's on it. It's a whole thing. But yeah, she's not, yeah, yeah. No, she's not dead. Um, but yeah, um, Dandelion shows up, and um, and that's the other like the other thing that happens off camera is the whole battle of Sintra mm-hmm. and um, um, Calanthe dying, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. We see that couple twice in the show mm-hmm. it doesn't happen at all in the books or well, it happens but it happens all off camera Geralt finds out about it through um dandelion yeah. and dandelion tells him well he doesn't say series dead but everyone's dead yeah, and yeah. so the assumption no is series dead yeah um but then when when Geralt goes back with yurga series there they have their sort of um reunion basically or not reunion well it is reunion yeah because they met had before, met before in the books yeah in the books and um and he says he's you know he's not gonna leave her they'll be together and um you know the whole thing people yeah i forget that i put my notes away people <laughs> destined will always <laughs> find, find each, each other. other yeah yeah there's actually one other interesting thing that happens in the book version too because when he encounters dandelion there's, um, you know, dandelion's trying to cross this river because if they don't cross this river, like, Nilfgaard's going to come and they're just going to be fucked. So Dandelion's freaking out. And there's this interesting bit of dialogue where Geralt says to Dandelion, you must be insane, Dandelion, the witcher said, leaning over in the saddle. You must be insane with fear if you think that I'd leave you. And you're just like, man, book Geralt. <laughs> so much of a better friend. You wrote this down. I, I did know write that this meant, down. I know that must have meant a lot to you. Well, because were... it's like, look, I, I enjoy the show very much. Clearly, we're doing a podcast about it. But one of my complaints about it is that, like, I wish we had more time for some of these relationships to breathe. Yeah. And you don't get the sense that, like, Geralt, you, we're told that they're friends, but we don't really see them getting to be friends. So the fact that, like, in this book, you have the character saying, like, I would never, you know, I would never leave you. Like, you must be crazy if you think I'm going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you behind. It's just yeah. like, man, I want to see more of that in the show. Yeah. Well, we've definitely talked about. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, I don't think, I don't think either of us really love the sort of way that Geralt and 
um, dandeliner portrayed in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, and and this this story just shows you why. It's time for the hmm count. It's time for how many hmms? How many hmms? This will be an easy one. This will. I hope so, because yeah. I have a number, and I hope you have the same number, Tim. I think so. Is it? Oh wait, I gotta put my whiskey down. Thank you. Thank you. Zero. <laughs> yeah, no hmms whatsoever in this episode. It's our first zero. Yeah, it won't be our last from mm. what I've seen of season two. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um, Will we have to retire this segment? No, I don't think. We okay. Will. And hey, FYI, if you guys follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We will be posting our final hmm count. So if you really want to go back and see what the hmm count is for each episode, we'll have it up there. Okay, it's time for our final segment. Our final segment of our final season one podcast. Oh my gosh. Final. So many finals, Valerie. <laughs> the finals. It's final. Not my final glass of whiskey, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we told you earlier... Um, we are recording this post season two mm-hmm. premiering. So for us talking about what we're looking forward to in season two, now that we've seen season two, we're dumb. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Like we've had a lot of fireball, but not so much fireball that that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. So um, what we decided we were going to do for this episode is we are going to talk about what we are looking forward to in the Witcher um, spinoff series, which is the Witcher Blood Origin. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be, uh, unless they surprise us, will be the next Witcher um, property franchise, like next witch, next Witcher thing to premiere on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it made sense to at least talk about it. Like what we're looking forward to, what, what we would, I guess, maybe hope to see mm-hmm. in the spinoff. So, um, so that's what we're going to do for this segment, um, in this one episode. Yeah. And we've seen the teaser trailer. So yeah. the teaser trailer has been released. So it's the like, what, trailers. like a minute and a half or something. Yeah. So it's it's not, yeah. It doesn't give us a lot. Um, it's more of a mood piece mm-hmm. than I think, um, gives us, gives us much of a sense of a story, but we know a little bit, like I looked up a little bit of what they have kind of released and put out there about the Witcher blood origin. It's set 1200 years before the Witcher series. Um, and it will show us the events leading up to the conjunction of the spheres and the creation of the first Witcher. And it'll, it'll explore the ancient Elven civilization before its destruction. So mm. we're, we're really getting um, kind of like the earliest part of this whole legend. And I, I would go so far as to say now, having seen season two, and we're not, obviously we're not going to talk too much about that right now, but I feel like season two kind of, drops sort plant seeds of what we yeah, might be seeing sure. in this mm-hmm. i also know um the witcher blood origin is going to be six parts i'm presuming that means six episodes and the showrunner is our friend <laughs> Declan Debara. Declan Debara. i wish he was our friend he seems like a good guy Declan, if you want to pick a whiskey yeah come on by Declan seems like a guy who would totally have a <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have a drink with but yeah he's a showrunner he seems he seems like a lot of fun i mean i love lauren schmidt hisridge as well but Declan just seems like he's you know he makes jokes lauren just, you are also welcome to come hang yes, yeah. <laughs> anybody standing invitation to anybody <laughs> remotely connected to the witcher yeah come hang <laughs> you can pick the booze um so so yeah anyhow so that's that's kind of the the broad strokes i have a little bit more but like what you know what are you looking forward to with this i'm just looking forward so. to a brand new story you know it's um it's interesting because they're they're not basing it off the books no it's like a whole new creation so that'll yeah. be fun yeah nothing in the books touches on this i yeah. mean they 
they talk about it. They talk about the great conjunction, yeah. the conjunction, conjunction of the spheres. The spheres. Um, they talk about that, but they don't, you know, it's not, that's never portrayed. You never see that or right, read right, about right. that. It's always just like ancient history for these characters. So um, the fact that they're actually going to tell that story or a story that's set in that time is, um, yeah, it's, it's really blazing new territory. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Michelle Yeoh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, we wrote down some of the cast members. Mm-hmm. These aren't all the cast members, but I think these are the core cast members. And this is going to be a little bit interesting because they're all elven names, mm-hmm. or I think most of them are elven names. So I'm probably going to fuck them up. So I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> Tim's gonna, preemptively drinking, guys. He's already I'm got the glass drinking. in his hand. Um, but all right, so these are the the cast. We have Sophia Brown as Islay. Um I think that's how you say that. You know what? None of us know. So who who knows? Yeah. You could be right. And this, I feel bad because this is an actual name, but I'm probably going to mispronounce it. Lawrence O'Foirain Foirain as Fial. <laughs> Fajal, Fial. I mean, it's F-J-A-L-L. Uh, Michelle, Michelle Yeoh as Sion. Or Cyan, sorry, Cyan. Lenny Harry as Chief Druid Bellor. Um, Mirren Mack as Princess Merwin, Nathaniel Curtis as, I think it's Brian or Brian. And, uh, and this is the one that got a lot of attention. Dylan Moran as Uthrock One Nut. <laughs> now that's an interesting, that's an interesting casting. I mean, there are two that stand out. Like you said, Michelle Yeoh, she kicks ass. I love her. Um, seeing her as an elf and she is in the trailer yeah, is, yeah. um, it's just like, it blew me away. I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah. You know, I love, oh, I'm Michelle ex- you. Fuck yeah. Yeah. The other one. Yeah. Who stood out was Dylan Moran. Now, Valerie, I think I, I was mentioning this to you when these, these cast yeah. members were You're first a big announced fan. and you, you were like, I, I don't really know. Him. I don't. I'm sorry, Dylan. Dylan. Dylan Moran was in like, he's probably most known um, for the show black books, which I'm a huge fan. of. I know Valerie. a lot of people are very excited about this casting. Valerie, you should watch black books. I will at some put point. it on my list. It's yeah. I don't even know where it's streaming, but it's such a fucking great show. Um, he was also in um, Shaun of the dead. Oh, okay. Um, that was also probably, not seen it. <laughs> well, that's probably as far as movies yeah. go, that's probably his biggest movie he's been in. I but um, but Dylan Moran um is a uh, yeah he's a, uh, I believe he's an Irish comedian. Oh God, I'm probably saying that wrong. He's maybe he's Scottish or something. But um, anyhow, we've had a, a lot of fireball. Guys. Yeah, we have Forgive guys. Us. Forgive me. Yeah, um, but he's um he's he's great. And, you know what? In and in the the spirit of Bernard, his character on um, Black Brooks. Like he would respect the fact that we've had a lot to drink <laughs> and are probably fucking things up. I'm gonna drink some water right now, just, <laughs> just because, just for reasons, guys. Yeah, but yeah, he's largely a comic actor. You know, the fact of the fact that he would show up in a show, a fantasy show, a fantasy yeah. epic, is kind of surprising. But then you see his character's name, Uthrock One Nut. <laughs> you're like. Who the fuck is this guy? I yeah. want to see who this guy, I want to see who Uthrock yeah. One Nut is. And that's, yeah, that's, I think, what I'm kind of excited about. You know, who's this guy? Um, but also, you know, getting, like you said, getting a sense of this kind of part of the mythos. We've not, like, if you've read the books, if you played the games, you still don't know about this early history and the blood origin, if you will. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's interesting. Like, 
the the conjunction of the spheres is kind of it's kind of it's fascinating it's kind of weird you know my understanding is like well we know that's what brought humans to the world but my understanding was one of the 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 spheres one of the worlds was ours and so mm-hmm. maybe i'm misunderstanding that and maybe i'm wrong and maybe all you guys who know better listening to this are going to laugh at me but my think my thought is that that was our world and so at one point our world crossed or intermingled with these fantasy worlds yeah, yeah. and people from our planet ended up on this. And I think that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. And, and if that is, if I'm not wrong about that, if that is what happened, I'm interested in seeing that and seeing how that plays out and how they show that, um, in this, in this series. Um, and it's going to be so different. It's just going to be so different from what we've seen. Yeah, so, and I, I assume it's going to be very like elf heavy as well, yeah. like from the elf's point of view and everything, which well, will be cool. Yeah, and and again, like you said, we got a teaser. Judging by that teaser, it's hard to really get a sense of the story. But if that teaser, if that tone is correct, it feels like it's going to be action heavy and feels like a very traditional fantasy. Like it looks like a cult, like a a group, a fellowship, you know, to borrow from another franchise <laughs> another fantasy series <laughs> of of warriors that yeah. that that accomplish something. They seem to be different races, like they're largely elves, but it mm-hmm. looks like there's at least one halfling who's going to be a part of this. I, I'm curious, just you know, what role that they play in this mm-hmm. this this story and in with this as a backdrop, if it's going to be about, you know, what leads to this conjunction as well as the, the first witcher. I'm, I'm really curious to see that. Yeah. Me as well. I mean, I think it's going to be really fun and interesting. And like I said, I like the fact that it's new. It's a completely new story. It's totally different. It's not based on anything. It's just picking, you know, some base elements from the books, but otherwise they're doing their own thing, which I'm, I'm really excited to see. We know this is going to premiere sometime in sometime this year what they haven't said is when and what they also haven't said is whether the witcher season three is going to come out this year my hunch is if witcher season three is coming out in 2022 they're starting to film next month or march, march. i think like march they said yeah march um and i think timeline wise assuming no having to stop things for covid or other thing other reasons i think if they shoot in march for Um, season three they could potentially have it done and out by the end of the year Mm -hmm. so that season three comes out a year from when season about a year from when Mm -hmm. season two came out and if that's the case then i would have to imagine and this is all speculation if witcher season three come is going to be ready by the end of 2022 then i have to think this spinoff series will be released around the summer Mm -hmm. so that's my thinking is i don't know this but my gut instinct is telling me blood origin will come out in the summer so hey i'm i'm excited for it i'm ready to watch it all right well guys season one if it sounds like we're drunk it's because we're drunk at the bottom of my heart (laughs) fireball it was supposed to happen this see i'm glad it happened for our final episode oh my gosh but uh Um, and tim like far outpaced me just so you know yeah but you seem you seem equally drunk i'm okay i'm okay but i know yeah. i know drunk valerie i'm i'm talking to drunk valerie right now um oh drunk valerie is her own special creature i did want to talk a little bit 
about what we're going to do so our listeners know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not done, guys. Yeah, no, there we're not done. There are many more whiskeys to try. No, no. By all means, we are not done. Um, we are going to take a little bit, a little, a short break before we um, get into season two. Thought this, we'll take about a month break before we get to um, season two. But in that month, we are going to talk about... Nightmare of the Wolf, mm-hmm. um, the anime. So stay tuned for that. You can expect that to drop maybe in a couple weeks. And then maybe a couple weeks after that, we will um, go into season two. So stay with us. We appreciate you listening. Yes, thank you so much for listening, yeah. guys. We really appreciate um, it. Especially knowing that season two is out there. You're past that. You're, you're ready for what's <laughs> next. And here we are talking about season one. So we appreciate you actually listening to us all of our drunken ramblings oh my god so many <laughs> drunken ramblings especially tonight so so thank you um a lot more to come we're not done not even you know not even close so um join us for um for season two join us for nightmare of the wolf we will be back yeah and if you have any you know in the meanwhile questions comments you want to just chat with us about bone caves we are on social media yeah. on twitter and instagram as well as we have an email address it's at the end of the podcast feel yeah. free to reach out if you have any questions any concerns anything you want us to talk about random tangents all that good stuff yeah. we are happy to engage with you yeah some people actually have emailed us we will be answering their questions in a future episode um so so certainly if you have questions, you have things you want us to talk whiskey about. Whiskey suggestions. Whiskey suggestions. Yes. Drop us a line. Um, Gin suggestions. Tequila <laughs> suggestions. What? No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Message us there. Like, you know, we will we will respond to you. But thank you for listening. Thank and, you. And we will talk to you soon. Yes. We will Af- see you soon. After we've sobered up a bit. Oh, my God. So much fireball. Fireball. <laughs> fireball. Whiskey with Witcher is a malcontent media production by Tim Beadle and Valerie Petrarca. Our producer is Sean Farina. For updates, pics, and behind-the-scenes shenanigans, follow us on Twitter at WhiskeyWitcher and on Instagram at WhiskeyWithWitcher. Want to express your undying love for Roach or recommend a good whiskey? Email us at WhiskeyWithWitcher at malcontent.media. Who knows? We might even get drunk enough to read your email in a future podcast. If you like what you've heard, toss us a proverbial coin by rating and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribing wherever podcasts are downloaded. Cheers. Okay, it's time for the Care More on. The Care More? No, no we we've done that. Never mind. Sean, cut that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, now our final segment the um, cross. Fireball! Anyway, <laughs> the Crossroads of Destiny. I don't know how old she is. I want to say she's in her fifties at this point, you know, maybe even pushing 60. I don't know. Um, Sorry if you're younger than that, Michelle, Yeoh. Um, (laughs) but she's been around for a while. Cool. I'm sure wagging my finger at you. If you're not facing your mic. Face your mic, Tim. Did you just shoot it? Yeah. (laughs) 